You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. I have something super fun on Walk It Out today. We're going to be talking about joy and confetti and all the great stuff. And you are going to love my guest because her story is one truly of transformation and her walking out what God called her to do in amazing ways. So today on Walk It Out Podcast, I'm going to be chatting with calligrapher Megan Taylor. Megan knows there's power in putting the pen to paper. She knows that the words we share can become beautiful works of art. And you guys, you're going to have to go check out her website because it is amazing. I had so much fun looking at it. But Megan founded All She Wrote Notes, a welcoming space for classes and inspiration, gifts, community, and all things hand lettering. Through her penmanship parties and digital courses, Megan has taught thousands how to make hand their handwriting happier and spreading joy. And so I'm so excited that Megan is joining us from North Carolina. So welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me, Trisha. I'm excited to be here. This is so fun. And I love all things hand lettering. So when I saw you and then just following you, I saw some of your little videos on YouTube. I'm like, oh, yeah, I cannot wait to talk to her. But before we get into the, all that, which we will get into all that, I just know that God has used you to spread joy. But it always hasn't been an easy journey. So I would just love for you to just kind of like start by telling us a little bit about yourself and kind of what led you to really a dark place in your life. Yeah, people always see me and they see the confetti and the bright colors and all the smiles. And they're like, are you really that happy? Like, is this for real? And I love being able to tell them, yes, 100% it is. But it was not always that way. I grew up um, always really just like I am now, like all bright and shiny and pink and colorful. And that light got snuffed out right through college. Um, I got found myself in a really, really tough relationship that, that I knew from the start was going to be hard for me. It was with a much older person. I was kind of ashamed. I was kind of keeping it secret, um, you know, among my friends, among my family. They didn't realize how serious it had gotten until we were further into the relationship. And he was very controlling over just anything I was doing at the time. It was like, I am like away messages. Like, you know, he would, he would read my emails. He would read my messages. And at the time, I think it sparked a, a, a warning sign in my heart that something was wrong, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And so those kinds of behaviors started to turn into verbal abuse, just beating me down, telling me bad things about myself, like saying things that didn't make me feel good. And that verbal abuse eventually turned physical. And I was in a really, just a hard season in my life, like just compounding, like all kinds of things that I had hoped and dreamed for and prayed for that just weren't going right. And that was one of those things. And I am the kind of person who just looks for the good. Like I want to find the silver lining. And there was definitely a season where there was little to none to be found. I ended up eloping um, when I was 21 years old and marrying this guy. And 
just knowing that I had made the biggest mistake of my life and just hoping and praying that God could help me find a way out. And it wasn't divorce that I was praying for. I was praying for my life to be spared. And I was praying that I could make it another day and that he didn't take my life. And I and I just live through such a dark and hard season where it brought me back to my knees, like in the best way. And it brought me back to my faith. And when I felt like I had nothing left, I turned back to the Lord. And I grew up in church. I grew up in faith. I never stopped believing. I never stopped praying. But I just had distanced myself because I felt like I was such a screw up. (laughs) Like that I was like, I can't believe I've gotten it this wrong. I can't believe I've gotten this far off course. And that has been 10 years ago since I was able to leave that situation and get out of those circumstances by by the grace of God and only the grace of God. And my business has been in business for seven years. And so I started All She Wrote Notes once I, once I got home, once I started my life all over and just completely hit the reset button on just about everything. And I started doing calligraphy and paper goods and stationery. And I felt like I had this deep, dark secret because I was helping people do things for their weddings, but I failed at marriage. Like I was divorced at 22. And I felt like I just was such a, like, just so shameful and so embarrassed and just didn't want anyone to know. But I knew that eventually it was going to be on my heart to share that so that I could turn around and help other people. And so it's funny, as a letter, as an artist, as a calligrapher, I mess up every single day, Trisha. Like, I write an ugly letter or I'll, like, spell a word wrong and scribble it out and Early on in my business, I started taking all of my scrap paper and running it through my office shredder and out came the most beautiful confetti that you have ever seen. And once it became confetti, it was colorful and it was bright and it was fun and it was happy and it was repackaged. Like, I mean, confetti is just trash that chose a happier life. And it's so funny that God will use our mess to be our message and quite literally for me, God showed me through that confetti and through my art that I don't have to be defined by my mistakes, that I don't have to be defined by my mess, by my past, by my hard seasons and things that I'm not proud of and things that didn't go right. I can use those hurts and I can use those trials to turn them into something good and to turn them into something that can inspire other people and encourage other people. And if it helps one person, one person to get out of a situation like what I was in, it's worth it. And it's not the kind of thing you you would jump on that ride and do it again. But I'm just grateful for my pain because it's what's given me my purpose. Yeah. And I think, you know, so many times and I know, like I've been in those types of relationships. I mean, I'm so thankful I didn't marry him. Yeah. At the beginning, (laughs) um, it's like you almost, their over possessiveness is almost like, oh, he just loves me so much. Or yes. I mean, I think her mind just like wraps around that and wants it. And I, I see, I have seven daughters. <laughs> Only oh, one of them yeah. is married. But I see <laughs> that so much, that desire. You know, they're all the teenagers now. I have three teens at home. Yeah. One's 12, almost four teens. And they're just desire to be loved. I could just see like, oh no, I could see like the wrong type of guy, like totally latching onto that. And it's just that desire, I think, in the young girl's heart to want that love and and feel like, like, look at how much he cares. He cares about every part of my life. And it's so easy to misread that. And then it gets to the point that you're like, wait a minute, like this doesn't feel right. Like in my pit of my stomach, I could feel that that was wrong. And I think if I could tell those girls anything is that you have to love yourself first. Like you have to make sure that you're complete and you're whole 
and don't depend on a man, don't depend on a guy to fill you up in that way. Like I am, I have a happy ending to that story. I married my middle school sweetheart who I had known my whole life since literally first grade. And we have a little boy together. He's three and he, he is the man that God always intended for me to be with. I know that in my heart, but I kind of took a detour and went off on my own. And I'm so grateful for that. But I completed my heart. I completed who I was as a woman before I let him into that picture. And I just think we are a daughter of God. Like we are, we are whole, we are complete. Like he loves us more than anyone in this world will ever love us. And we just have to go into any relationship knowing that and not depending on that person to fill that hole. Yeah, that is so good. Cause I think, I mean, totally looking at my high school boyfriends and, um, you know, I even got pregnant twice in high school and, you know, just thinking like, Oh, he loves me and this and that. And, and then, you know, I had an abortion the first time, which is something I regret, which we're going to talk about, you know, that hidden thing. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Yeah, too, but, you get but, it. Yeah. But first, you know, just talking, thinking about um, like, this is the person he really loves me, but it's not the love like he wasn't a Christian. Like it wasn't the love from God. It's and then it. and then he abandoned me on my second pregnancy. And it was God. during that that I turned back to God. And I was 17. I was pregnant. I had dropped out of school because I was so ashamed of being this pregnant teen. And I just finally, like six months long, I realized like, I am going the wrong way. I know better. Like I know God loves me and just like turned my life to him and started praying for my future husband, but mostly just praying that God would just like take over my life. And it's almost like lifting up my hands. I'm like, here, I have messed up. And I think really, like you were saying, we have to come to that point where we realize like, my ideas are not God's way. And though I wanted those other relationships so bad, I'm so thankful. Like God never oh answered my goodness. prayers. Like, yeah. it's, it's that Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayers. Like I like cry when I hear that <laughs> because I'm like, he knows better. Like he yeah. knows better than me. Like I think sometimes he has to break us like so that we are able to shine brighter and shine for him. Like I just feel like he just like, like erased it all and was like, let's try this again. Like, let's get, let's go at this again. And this time let's do it together. Yeah. And I love that you, um, you know, you have this wonderful husband. Now I have a wonderful husband. We've almost been married 30 years. So it'll be, oh, that's amazing. but it's so true. You almost feel like you're not worthy of someone oh, that good and that you're, I'm broken and I messed yeah. up and I'm not worthy, but like, you have to, I love how you said you, you just have to like fill whole yourself and take on like, no, I am worthy enough for this type of relationship. And there's wonderful guys out there that, that, that love God and, and that we have to be at a good place ourselves before we're going to attract that type of guy or before like God is going to bring us into our lives. And so I just love how that is your story that God has, you know, given you what your heart desired once you turned your heart to him. Oh, and it's just, you appreciate it so much more. Like, I don't think that I would have just adored Chris and been so grateful for Chris in the way that I am now if I had not gone through everything I did before. And it's like, oh, don't get me wrong. Like we have bad days every once in a while. Like we, we still are married. We get in arguments every once in a while, but like our worst day is, is better than my best day in a bad relationship. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Like he's my favorite person on this earth. And like, I just am so thankful. And I I just know that I wouldn't have appreciated it back then the way that I do now. And sometimes I tell people that like divorced women are like a gym, man. Like we, we know, like (laughs) we, we have been through hell and back and we're, we're grateful just to be here. And we're just happy that we are given a second chance at love and a second chance at life. And 
you know, that just all comes from God. And I just believe that he's on our team. Like he, we're his children. He wants the best for us. We think about how much we love our kids and I just want the world for, for my son. And that's how God feels about us. And I think we just don't need to forget that. And like, yeah, we're going to mess up, but like he loves us and he wants to help us through that pain. And there's so many times when I feel like I was like, wanting to cling to those bad relationships and I just almost see him now like girl just let go I have so much more for you I, I have much bigger plans for you there there's an illustration that I've seen and it's a picture it's like a cartoon of Jesus and he's holding like a giant teddy bear like a humongous teddy bear behind his back and he's facing this little girl and he's asking her to give him this teeny tiny little bear and it, she doesn't want to do it she doesn't want to let it go because she's like no I love this one and he's like but I have so much better like I have so much better for you if you will just trust me and you will open your hands to what my plans are instead of yours and I just like that is just such, that is life. Like, that is exactly how it goes. Yeah, but sometimes we're not, it's not a little bear we're hanging on to. We're like, trash. <laughs> like, it's like, he's like, drop that. That stinks. Get it, that out of here. Let it go. Oh my goodness. That's so true. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to get back because you talked about, you know, just feeling that shame. Like, oh no, people are going to find out. And that was me. Um, You know, I had an abortion when I was 15 and then the same boyfriend I got pregnant again when I was 17 and, you know, he left and had my son. But then I met and married my husband and we had two more kids. So here I was, this Christian mom with three little kids with, I felt like a secret of yep. that past abortion. And I'm, I would sit in Bible study and like, if these women knew they would hate me or I don't want to, I don't want anyone to know. So I just love to hear like, how did God bring healing in your heart where now you're able to share your story? I'm able to share my story because I know I've been healed. But it's only God that's well, exactly, that. and I feel like I owe Him that. Like I know He doesn't need me, but I I feel like the least I could do is share this because God helped me so much. And I I mean I had been out of this situation for about five years, and I met Laura Casey at a conference, and she was just so encouraging and so powerful. She has a, a somewhat similar story that she shared, and it just blew my mind because I looked up to her so much. She at the time ran Southern Weddings Magazine, like she was in the wedding industry like the queen of the wedding industry. And she had gone through a divorce at a young age. And it was like, that isn't public. That's not something that is a big major story. But because she shared that, it made me feel like less of a fraud. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to be okay. Like, this is all right. Like, I, you know, and, and that was just the fact of being divorced, not even the pain or the past or the abuse. And she challenged me and pushed me and said, Megan, I think that you should share your testimony. Like I, we, we were in a Bible study together and she's like, how would you feel about speaking it, you know, and telling these girls, like what all you have told me, what all you've gone through. And I cried through the whole thing the first time I couldn't, I know, yeah. I couldn't even get the words out. And I thought they were going to run me out of the church. And, and it's just like, I knew God and I were okay. Like I knew that God forgave me, but sometimes the other Christians are the ones that don't. And that, that was hard and that was scary. And it's just, I'm so thankful that she encouraged me to start speaking about that because the more I talk about it, every time I tell that story, I heal a little bit more by helping somebody else. And it's just, it's painful. It's not fun. I'm a happy girl. I'd rather be throwing confetti and teaching you the alphabet. I don't want to be talking to you about hard, heavy things, but I do because it is inspirational how much guy can turn it on its head and fix it and, and just change it. And you just the way that you shine after you have Jesus in your heart is a totally different life than, than anything before. Yeah. And I love that. I love how you talk about that shining and the confetti and how God, you know, just takes your, 
mistakes and can transform them. And I love also love that you believe in giving life-giving words. And you use your hand lettering to give life-giving words. And, you know, I think so many times, like, you know, we shoot emails to people or this or that. But when you get a handwritten note or a hand-lettered thing, I it just means so much more because someone took the time to do that. So I would just love for you to share, like, why is this so important to you? It comes out of that same season. I was all the way across the country. I had moved with this guy all the way to California. I live in North Carolina. And my parents, my family, my friends, everybody was all the way out here. And they didn't understand how bad, like, everything that was going on. And my mom missed me. And she would send me cards in the mail. And I would just cling to those cards. Like, she, I would I would go to the mailbox and see her handwriting on the outside. And the hair would stand up on the back of my neck. Because I knew those were words that were going to get me through the next week and the next season. And it, it wasn't lettered. It wasn't decorative. Right. She would buy a Hallmark card and write a message on the inside of it. But that just was hope for me. And I think something about like the written word has just always been powerful. I used to carry around a quote book when I was in middle school and high school and, you know, jot down all these powerful inspirational quotes, like before that was a thing, you know? And when I'm, when I came out with my book, I wanted that quote book feel like I wanted it to be, okay, we're going to practice lettering, but I wanted it to be powerful, meaningful, positive words, because I think I like, I, I love inspirational quotes. Like I love scripture. Like if you, you would get tired of reading, like just circling around my house, like there's quotes everywhere, there's verses everywhere. But I think that what we speak to ourselves and what we hear, like what we digest, that matters. Like it makes a difference. Like it's going to stick, you know? And, and I just think that when we can reiterate those messages, not only to ourselves, but to our loved ones and to our daughters and our sisters and our family and our friends. I just think that our words have power. And especially when they're written, because that is a legacy, like that lives longer than we do. And that can be passed on and that can be passed forward. And you think about an Instagram post, that's going to be alive for 24 hours. Like, you know, a blog post is going to last a few years, a YouTube video, like all these things that we do are temporary, but I feel like the written word has the possibility to to just go so much longer, like in, in a deeper relationship than that. Yeah. And I even, everyone's handwriting, I think is so important. My grandma lives with me and she's 90 and you know, she has dementia. She can't remember if she ate breakfast, but she can still write perfectly. And um, what I, I was just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking like, I'm going to give her some scriptures to write out for me just to have yes. um, in her handwriting. And it's so funny because my kids, like, they know I'm against tattoos. Like, let's not do a tattoo, please. You never know. But my daughter, when she turned 18, she's um, our oldest adopted daughter. And she's like, Mom, I want a tattoo of um, Jeremiah 29 11, but I want it in your handwriting. Oh, And gosh. then I was like, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. She knew how to get me. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, what am I going to say? No, I have, I, have a t- I have a couple, and they're all scripture references and meaningful to me. And just see my seasons in life, like I have one on my wrist, and it's just in white ink that no one can see but me, and it says shine. And it is that reminder that if I can shine in spite of everything that I have been through, I can continue to shine like with God on my team, like with him in my side, like I want to be a light for the Lord. Like I want people to look at me, you know, and when I teach classes, I don't preach. I don't talk about the Bible. I don't, I'm not a preacher. (laughs) Like I'm just a girl who writes the alphabet for a living. And, but I want them to come in contact with me and think like, what is that about her? Like, what is that happiness? Like, where does that come from? And I want them to be able to, when they get to know me better, find out that that is from the Lord. Oh, I love that so much. Hey friends, for my newest book, 
I'm giving you a glimpse into our home. And it's not just the pretty parts. I wrote a new book called The Grumble Free Year, 12 months, 11 family members, and one impossible goal. Yes, 11 people in our home with two parents, eight kids, and one grandma who just turned 90 with dementia and so little ornery streak. But in this book, we talk about our goal to go grumble free. Now, it wasn't easy, but we had to turn to God for help. I did some things that were great. Some things pretty much failed. But through the year, we really learned that we could grumble less. I would love for you to check out the Grumble for Year. Okay, I'm so excited because I have your book, which is Happy Hand Lettering, um, an inspirational guide for creating beautiful words of life. And I just am excited to do it and practice it. But this is why I'm extra excited, because you have examples of like doing it in the Bible, like hand lettering around scriptures and stuff like that. And I've been doing legacy Bibles for my kids. So I'm on my oh, fourth cool. child. So I'll go through the Bible and I'll pray through the Bible and I'll write notes in there because I get the journaling Bible. And so I like write a prayer or write a scripture. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, I don't hit every page because that would take me. Like, I have 10 children. Nobody got like, time for that. This would take me forever. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably like every fifth or, I don't know, something page, there's something in there. But I'm like, oh, but I can go in those pages that don't have like a whole paragraph written. And just write, like, oh, like yeah. you, you are a light. You are a light. Like, yeah, you know, this is the life. day the Lord has made or whatever. Yep. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I'm, I'm prepare, preparing one for my daughter's birthday in March. I'm like, I have time to do this. So I'm going to so cool. book and then I'm going to totally. go back to the Bible and add that in there. I think when you Bible journal that whatever scripture you're supposed to see is what will pop out at you. And it doesn't have to be the whole entire page. It might it just be a verse or a word or a sentence. And that's the one that he needed you to resonate with at that time. And you don't have to digest the whole entire thing. Like, just focus on that. And I think that's what's so cool with you doing that for your children. Like, those are already those steps are already planned out. Like, they're going to get that Bible and they're going to, you will have highlighted the verse that they need and nothing more, nothing less. And it's just so cool, like how that works. And I love being able to put this to use in my Bible. I um, I do a lot of scripture for for other people. You know, they'll say, hey, my favorite verse is this. Will you write it? And God has a sense of humor because I can't even tell you how many times I've gotten to the bottom of the verse and then I write the wrong number. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to write it again? Like take it from the top. And I'm like, I feel like the Lord is like, okay, Megan, we really need to, that, this is our Bible study today. We need, we need you to memorize this one again. And that's where all the confetti comes from. So yeah. <laughs> you just are like, well, we'll do it again. Well, I would love to hear just kind of your journey. Cause I know, I mean, everyone starts somewhere and everyone starts small. And I was, I love encouraging women and moms to like, what dream has God put on your heart and just start, start taking little steps. Because yes. like one little step, like if you do one little step every day, by the end of the year, like you will not believe where God will take you. So I would just love to hear just a little bit about the journey from going to just your own like hand lettering to now you're doing classes and workshops. And I just think it's so amazing yeah. all that you're able to do. I think if you're looking for something that you want to have as, you know, a side business or a passion, if you think back to what lit you up as a child, like what you loved and what made you so happy and so just 
gleeful as a kid, there might be something there, you know, that you can use as an adult. And when I started my business, it was just on the side. I was working full time in event planning and a couple friends had said, hey, I love your handwriting. Can you make this for me? And I never had intentions of it being a career or a business or a company. And I just started sharing it little by little. I was posting pictures online on Facebook and on Instagram. And I opened my Instagram account with one follower, which was me on my other account. (laughs) (laughs) And now, like, I mean, we're talking to like 50,000 people a day on Instagram and Facebook. And it has just grown, but it's grown slow. It's grown over time. None of that happened overnight. And when I started, I didn't even have internet at home. Like, I was single. I had just bought my first house. I was, like, cash poor. Like, I was on the computer all day at work. And I was like, I don't need this at home. I'll be fine. And so I started my business on my iPhone four and I took a picture of a set of note cards and posted them online. Back then it was on Etsy. And whenever someone placed an order, I would just write another set of note cards. And I think so many times when we want to start something or we have a dream on our heart, we think, oh, well, I got to have the perfect logo and the perfect website and the perfect business card and da, 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 da. And and I'm a big believer in not going into debt for your business. And I didn't start with anything, like literally not even a computer or internet. I started with my iPhone 4. And now, I mean, this is my whole entire company. Like I have a book, I travel around, I've taught more than 10,000 people this class but it, it grew just a little bit at a time. And then when I could afford to grow more, I did. And, and I still am debt free, like with a business. And I haven't ever, you know, gone in over my head with stuff that I felt like I needed or I felt like everybody else had. Like, you know, I just did it one thing at a time, little by little. And, and that gives you a lot of freedom just in being able to like make choices, make mistakes, <laughs> because yeah. there have been pro- products that did not sell. Um, but we didn't, you know, didn't put us out of business. Like you don't lose that much money and you just take smart risks and trust yourself and trust God and bring him along it in, in your journey with you. And I, I just try to, in everything I do, like give the glory back to him because I know this is a talent. Like I understand that he made me with this skill set and I'm brave in front of a crowd and I love to be on the camera and like, I'm not afraid. And I think he can use those kinds of skills in me to be able to, to help other people and to make them happy and to just add joy to their life. And my business is, I mean, it is, it is so amazing and I love it so much, but that was never my plan. Like that was God's plan. Right. And I love how you said, like, look back to your childhood and what brought you joy. Cause for me, I was at the library all the time reading books, and now I write books. Like, it's like, <laughs> 30, like 30 books. <laughs> I was just like this little nerdy kid that was just like in my room all day and at the library. Oh, like, yeah. And it's just like God just like, okay, he puts that stuff in us. And I think he does. We're, we're afraid to like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to mess up. Well, yeah, like you said, everyone's going to mess up. Yeah. And it can be turned into confetti. So there you go. Exactly right. Then you can have a you can have a whole side business going on with your with your confetti mistake. It's so funny because when I now when I people order from me online, I'll sprinkle my confetti in their order and I send it on its way. That's just my calligraphy trash living a happier life. Like it's just moving on down the road. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but people love it and it makes them happy. And I just think that 
your the things that make you happy, like I think so many times as moms, as wives, like we can get so focused on just keeping the wheels turning and getting everybody else taken care of and making sure everybody else is fine. But you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think you have to look for joy within your own heart and within your own life that isn't necessarily connected to everybody else. Like what can you do that fills you up? Because that will bless everybody else. Like when you're happy, when when you're loving this hand lettering and you enjoy it so much, you can't help but write someone else's name. Like you can't contain yourself. Like you're just like, oh my gosh, I need to, I just need to write on everything that moves. I need to bless somebody <laughs> else. I need to make a prayer list with all these people's names. And it's just such a spark that really sets a flame, like just so much energy and so much positivity that is going to spill out into other people. And you just have to figure out what that is like for you. If you know, and, and that, that's going to bless everybody. Like it seems selfish for us to devote time and energy to a hobby that's just for us, but really it benefits everybody that we're in contact with. Yeah, absolutely. I think also it's a good example for our kids because, you know, now I have three adult kids um, and they, and my one son has already written and published a novel. He's 25 now, but they see me like doing these things that brings me joy. And they say, well, I want to do this. I want to try this. And I mean, you know, if we're just pouring into our kids, they won't see how God can use us and how we can, you know, use our talents for him. But if we're taking even little bits of time during our day and just doing the thing that he's called us to, it's a great example as they grow older. They're like, well, God called you to that. And he called me to this and I should follow this. Like it just speaks to their hearts seeing that like, this is an example we should be in following God. It's such a cool time to be a mom, like, and to just own, a own own your own business and have your own writing career. And because I don't necessarily think our moms realize they could do that. Like, it's not that they couldn't do it. I just don't think that a lot of people before them were. And I just don't think that they realized that what all was out there to them. And, and I, like my grandmother was an incredible artist. Like she like sold all kinds of stuff in her yard and she would go to these craft fairs and, but she didn't have the internet. Like right. she was more talented than I will ever be, but she didn't have social media. Like she couldn't get it out there. She couldn't get it further. And I feel like I'm living her legacy now. Like I'm doing it for her. Like she passed away when I was a little kid, but she was the first person that I knew that did art for fun and did art because it brought her joy. And I hope that I can tell women every single day, like, go pick up those markers that you, you think you bought them for your kids, go commandeer some of them for you. Yes. <laughs> and like, let's do something fun. I remember being in school and like passing notes in class, like I would carry on a bag of markers and I would write out like, good luck on your soccer game, you know, with decorated all cute. And you know how the teachers threaten, like, well, if I catch that, I'm going to open it up and show it around. I would be like, show it around. It looks awesome. It like, looks so cute. <laughs> I worked really hard and it's been so funny when the book came out this year I got to go on a book tour and came back to my hometown and sure enough I had some of my middle school teachers come to that class and they remembered like they remembered me (laughs) doodling and drawing and being colorful and I just think like don't lose that like find that little girl again like she is in all of us and I think that if we can reconnect with that creative middle schooler in ourselves that just helps us to do that and show that to our own kids, like you said. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, one more question, because I know this is the question I get, so they're going to want to know this too. Okay. What about balance? Like, okay, so yeah. now you're a mom and you have kids, and then there's these things, but then your child gets sick, and then you have to push mm-hmm, them to yeah. the side. So, <laughs> so let's yep. talk about, because it is hard. I mean, you know, there's times where I don't write as much as I want to, and oh, yeah. you know, all these things. So talk a little bit about that. I think it is like a minute to minute, day to day situation. And to me, like 
I, I think balance is like made up sometimes. And and when I, when I see it in my head, I don't picture like two scales that are right. even. Right. I look at it as like, maybe one day I had to be all mom and then he gets to go back to school the next day and I get to be all Megan and all business. And, and it's going back and forth. And we, he's three and we have done so many different childcare arrangements. We've got people in the house, we've done part-time daycare and just, just this past year. So almost coming up on a year, we, he went into a full-time school and he's in a Montessori school. So he's learning and he's playing. And it's just, it's everything. And like, that was such a hard decision for me as a mom to make, but I'm a solo entrepreneur. Like I run this whole entire company all by myself. And I was like trying to piece it together. And I knew that we were holding our family goals and our family back if I didn't make time for work. And it was like, I was going to try to hire other people to help me with work. And instead I could just give him a better environment you know, from what he was going to have being over here, me shushing him while I got to do a podcast. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It, and I just, it, everyone has to make those different decisions for themselves. But for me and for what I want for our family, ultimately, like this, this was it. And so he goes to school, he's in school five days a week and I, I get to go pick him up and I get so excited to go get him. And when I go pick him up, because I have worked all day, like I am mom, like I am a hundred percent. Like I, I do not have to go back upstairs at night. I do not have to check my phone. I don't have to get on email. Like, because I devoted and focused my time and I'm doing so much better now. Like, I just feel like it's like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent at both, but not at the same time. Yeah. And I think there is that way. I mean, I'll get up early to write. I'll write yeah. in the afternoon when they're outside playing because you know I homeschool, so you know, they're <laughs> they're here all day. But like on Fridays right now, they're in this awesome all day science class. So I just awesome. dropped them off this morning, and I'm recording podcasts. And I'm doing these things, and when they come home, we'll be you know making dinner together. And and four of my girls are cheering tonight at a basketball game. It's it's so true that you know you can squeeze the time in and you can adjust. And I I have had. You know, we call them nannies, but they're really just yeah. babysitters that come right. during, during the day to play with my kids and they, they're taking them to the park and, and then they'll come and I'm mom, you know, so there are ways to balance it. And, you know, when they grow, I mean, it's not like they're like, oh my goodness, you had someone take us to the park instead of taking us <laughs> no, yourself or, it's another person. or, you know, whatever. Right. It's just like, they just, that's life and we're loving them and we're caring for them and they're, they're growing and, and you know, we get to enjoy that, but it is a, a blessing to us and to them when we are following our God-given dreams. I just look at it like you could never have too many people that love your child. And like, that is another person that will pray for them and that will encourage them and that will lift them up. And like, I'm doing that at home, but like, why not have some more people in their life that can love them too? And I just, I don't think we're called to do it alone. I don't think we have to do all of it all by ourselves all the time. Yeah. And I think it is our generation because a lot of us, like, I don't have family close by. Um, yeah. So they're not at grandma's, but I, I have grandkids and now they come over and they play over here and, and they spend time. So, you know, we don't have the community, but we can kind of build that community and build right. friendships. And even when my three oldest were younger, I would um, trade homeschool days. Like I would oh, take my good. friend's kids on Tuesday and we would do science and she would take my kids on Thursday and they would do history. And, you know, it's just amazing that you can figure out ways um, if this is something you want to do and right to make it work. Yeah. To make it work. Like if it's important to you, like you will make it happen. Like you'll find a way. And like that it's, it's just 
looking for those pockets of time and looking for the solutions and looking for the little pivots you can make and swaps, like you said, and just things that you can change to make it a possibility for you. And I think like a lot of times it's easy for us as moms to say like, oh, we have kids. Like we can't do that. Like, oh, I'm a mom now. Like I can't do that. And you look at other people who are doing it and there are people that are way more qualified than me that aren't putting themselves out there. Because they're hesitating and because they're making excuses, you know, and I just think that if something is on your heart, like if God puts a dream in your heart, I really believe he has every plan in place already. Like you just have to get on board. It's so true. And take the first step. Don't don't worry about like the step number 20 or something. Right. You'll get there. You'll figure it out or you'll make it up as you go. (laughs) Yeah. And people will ask me like, how do you do that? And I'm like, actually writing is fun for me. I creating. Yes. I'm exploring story worlds. I'm doing, you know, interviewing people. I mean, and you don't really do stuff that's not like you don't focus on stuff that is a drain. I mean, you still got to pay your taxes and pay your bills, but oh my goodness. Like, that's not, that still, yeah. you know? oh gosh, we all do. But like, it's just that when it's important to you, all of it has a different purpose. And when you know that you're doing something that you're called to do and that you are carrying like God's word forward, like it just, it gives you a whole different sense of purpose. And it's not that every single day is easy. Like, it's right. not that it's all like, woohoo, this is just a party all the time. But like, I think it's still better than working for in a job that you don't love, you know, or working for a job where you're crying in your car before you have to go inside. Like I've, I've been in those situations and I'm just grateful that God has me here now and I'll stay here as long as he lets me. Yeah. And what I love too is I think with both of us, God is it's not just about us. It's about the people out there yeah. who wants us to reach, you know, with our story, yep. with our message, with our art, with our, you know, the things that we create. I think so many times um, when we look at it that way, like God has a plan for my message to reach these people out there. Then it almost is like we get permission. <laughs> like, you know, it's for others too. It's not just yeah. us. like it's both. It's for God, so it's for us, and it's for others. I love that. We need that. We need to put that on a t-shirt. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. I, I, I know someone that might be able to hand letter that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I just have loved just chatting with you. I just feel like we could chat. All oh my gosh. Long. I was getting ready to say, I was like, um, I'm not doing anything until four. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, yeah, I have a list of things to do. <laughs> but, you have but, like a hundred kids. So yeah. you're, you're busy. <laughs> But I have loved this so much, and I'm so excited about my book. I'm so excited about adding hand lettering to my our, my daughter's Bible for giving her. I mean, this has just been a joy to me. So, and I know that people Thank are going to love connecting with you. So, I'm following you on Instagram, and um, I saw that you have workshops that you're doing. So, just tell people do, that yeah. are interested, like how they can connect with you and what things you have to offer. Yeah, I am. All She Wrote Notes, and my website is allshewrotenotes.com, Instagram, All She Wrote Notes, Facebook, and I just came out with an online class, and so I have been teaching in person for the last seven years, and I still am. I'm never going to stop. I love it so much, but I can only go so far. Like, I'm, I'm all across the Southeast, and I teach once a week, but I have been filmed and videoed and put all of that same awesome, fun content online. And so that is available now. And so that the capital version of that class actually came out today. So um, allshewrotenotes.com and the website for the classes is learn.allshewrotenotes.com. Awesome. Well, I know that people are going to love connecting with you and looking at all the wonderful things you offer. And just thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and then letting your light shine before others. So I know that you love sprinkling joy and 
shining your light. So you really have done that for me and my listeners today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. God bless you. You too. Well, friend, I am so thankful for Megan. I really could have talked to her all day. She is just so much joy. And I love how we can sprinkle joy like confetti. And that can come from our mistakes. How God can even use our mistakes to share with others, to bring glory to him. Um, Megan said, beauty and light can come from brokenness, from mess, and from mistakes. Because God makes it possible. And our Walk It Out verse for today is Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And I know that is Megan's heart, that is my heart, that as we are let God work in us and shine through us, that others will see and give glory to him. Um, I love writing books. Megan loves calligraphy and hand lettering and all these amazing products, but really the true one that needs to give the glory is God for putting those desires and those dreams in us, even as little girls. And I just want to encourage you today to do that, to look back and what brought you joy, even when you were younger, and how can God use that for him? Let me pray for you today. So God, I just thank you so much for my listeners. I thank you for all that you are doing in them and through them. I pray that they may shine like lights. And I thank you that Megan is shining like a light. I pray that you will bless her ministry and just grow it and use it in amazing ways. But I also pray for the listeners who may have something in their heart and they're afraid. I pray that you will replace that fear with trust in you. Trust that they don't need to know all the steps. They don't need to have all the answers. They just can take the first step knowing that you're there. Megan could have never dreamed, Lord, what you had in store for her, but thank you that she took those steps. And I pray that my listeners will do the same. So be with them, bless them. In your name we pray, amen. Again, go to the show notes and check out all the things um, that is there, the links to uh, everything. Again, it's allsherotenotes.com is the website. But all the other details and all the other places to follow Megan is on the um podcast notes which is at walkitoutpodcast.com. I pray that you may be encouraged. I pray that you may be blessed. And I pray that you take those first steps to following the dreams that God has placed on your heart. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.